The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The Garda Representative Association has said morale is at an all-time low in the force, with the numbers resigning continuing to grow. Well, my next guest served as a Garda for 13 years, but left after experiencing increasing frustration within the job. He's since trained as a life coach, and he's now on a mission to see more well-being services provided for emergency service workers. He is a life coach, pastoral care coordinator at Dundalk Institute of Technology, and his name is Alan Conlon. Alan, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me. Now, um, where were you based and what kind of work were you doing in the force? Uh, I was based in Cavan Monaghan for the uh, majority of of my service, uh, and I was working on regular duties as such dealing with kind of um, all sorts of things, road traffic accidents, assaults, domestics, um, suicides, unfortunately, fatal road traffic accidents, um, public order, so uh, quite a variety. And I also served on a divisional drugs unit as well for the last 18 months of my service. Why did you leave? Um, That's a good question. (laughs) Um, Certainly not an easy decision to make. Um, I suppose just to give um, context to that, um, first and foremost, I want to say I was very proud to serve in the job. And I think anybody that wears the uniform should be very proud to do so. But it comes with its challenges and it comes with its stresses. Um, and I suppose um, shift work in its very nature, your exercise, your sleep, your nutrition can be affected, you know, and then the types of work that you're dealing with as well. Um, as I said, dealing with suicides, fatal road traffic accidents, public order, dealing with severe mental health issues with, with people as well. So that can impact your own well-being. And I suppose in that time, I suppose I had to overcome my own personal struggles and my own challenges in life. And uh, guards are human being as well, first and foremost, and they're not immune to, to struggling. And I started getting some support and working on my own personal development and working on my own self-awareness, which led me to, I suppose, um, be more compassionate with dealing with people. And that's an area then that I really enjoyed. So I pursued um, um, qualification in life coaching in 2019. And I suppose the more I delved into that, um, the more I delved into well-being and the more I spent looking after myself, I realised that maybe there was a career outside the guards for me. Yeah. Um, but then after... Um, so there was a pull in two directions. I yeah. mean, obviously, um, you loved your career as a guard because mm. you couldn't have uh, become a guard if you didn't really want to do that job. Mm. Uh, but then there was the pull of moving in an, a different direction that might have given you more peace. Th- that's exactly what it was. And I, I suppose... Um, the stress in the job as well. I, I really did struggle in it, you know, and, and I suppose... What sort of things stressed you? I mean, you've mentioned horrific things that you have to deal with, uh, knocking on a door, knowing there's been uh, domestic abuse within, uh, coming upon a traffic accident where it might not be a fatality, but it could be a very severe injury, the like of which you've never seen before. All of those kind of things. What did you find most stressful in your daily work? It's hard to put it down to one specific thing. I think it was a, it was a compound effect over, over the years. You know, and I suppose I'm very grateful that I, 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 in my own time, reached out for a lot of support. And I think that had helped me to navigate that, you know, because working on my own emotional well-being and my own physical fitness was definitely helped the job because at one stage I was very unhealthy and my fitness started to struggle and my mental fitness started to struggle. And and then your task to be the person to support people. So it's so important that well-being um, is incorporated into the job. Yeah. But did you find that there was literally no support, that if you had wanted to, mm. you know, driving around in the police car, um, um, snacking on pizzas and crisps and <laughs> ice creams and all the rest of it when you get a moment, that you could have literally just become fat, flabby, unfit, and no one actually would have said, hang on a second there, yeah. Alan. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's very, very important. It's a very valid point because, again, like that, there's times I sat down in a, 
um, I suppose a filling station trying to eat a sandwich and next thing the radio goes and you're you're been you're leaving it behind you and you're you're gone and I suppose just to put information out there that the impact that your nutrition and physical fitness sure. that it has in your health doing shift work you know and I suppose that's something in the job I'd like But th- there was no one kind of mentoring that and saying hang on a second no. uh, there's young Alan there he's doing well but I'm a bit worried about da 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 that no. doesn't happen No that, that, that wasn't there and I suppose then after uh, early June uh, sorry early uh, January 2021 I suppose it all started to get on top of me and um, come probably March, April I, I fell into a dark hole and um, you know any supports that, that that I did look for it was slow coming and I just felt, felt there was a, a lack of structural supports in terms of well-being there and any help that did come. And has it changed at all? Because there's been a lot of talk about how difficult the, the life is for a guardie on the front line particularly how stressful it is so with all the talk has anything been done? That I don't know. I, I can't speak for anybody else. I can only experience. I can only tell you what I experienced, and I just felt, you know, that despite the good nature of people, because there is fantastic people in the job, you know, but maybe just education and training around well-being and understanding the impact of the words and behaviours can have on people, and and that goes for our own colleagues, not just dealing with people mm. on the street. Did you share with anyone uh, of your colleagues how you were feeling? Um, I probably did express frustrations, but it was more my personal life. My close family and friends is where I probably vented to and uh, the, the Garda Counselling Service to offer free service, six free counselling ser- um, sessions for, for guards and I utilised that. So I u- had used Was that those. good? It was very helpful, but that was a crisis point. Uh, so I'd be looking at something more on a day-to-day kind of well-being, promoting that, not just putting in uh, resources and, and, and uh, things for when hit, things hit rock bottom. So what are they doing on a, on a day-to-day basis to promote physical health, mental fitness and, and overall well-being to say we acknowledge that the job is tough. We acknowledge that the nutrition side of it, the exercise, the emotional impact on it. So it's day-to-day, not just putting in resources so that when you hit rock bottom, having to pick yeah. yourself off for that. Now, uh, obviously, the job is very varied. Uh, there are some who are, say, in Dublin's inner city, um, in other challenging areas, uh, they must be stressed pretty much all the time. They're going to work and they don't know what's going to happen next and what kind of ne'er-do-wells they're going to come across. And then there are others who have the enviable task of policing the leafy suburbs <laughs> in certain areas where, you know, precious little happens. Mm-hmm. So the, the the problem is trying to make one size fit all. You know, you bring in a programme, but mm-hmm. many people don't possibly don't need it and some people need it acutely. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing. It's not a one size fits all in terms of well-being and and this is my story won't be the same as everybody else's and everybody else will have different needs in the job. All I can say is from my experience that well-being is is hugely important to me in my life and and, and I know when there was a kind word or there was a bit of help there, the impact and the difference that makes to your day-to-day life and executing your job you know, I really enjoy doing it and I'm very grateful to have that opportunity because it's made me the person I am today, the good parts and the bad parts. And I've used that experience now in my, my, my current role in DKIT and uh, I, I love what I do now and I'm very much supported there. Now, back then when you vanished down the dark hole uh, in your own head, uh, was there a diagnosis? Did you get a, a formal diagnosis? Was it PTSD or anything like that? No, I, it was just I was struggling to get out of bed um, and I really was struggling to get into the car and drive to work. And I just, re- I, I suppose I realised with myself, I, I had reached an expiry date here. I I had nothing left to give. And thankfully, because of the work that I'd been doing myself over the number of years and the life coaching and the well-being, that was really a lifesaver for me, you know. And I suppose I had the whereabouts to take time off sick with stress, the first time I've ever did in my career. And I was reluctant to do so because sometimes there can be stigma around going uh, sick with stress in a guard because your guard, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to be the person people look up to. So it was very, very hard. But I did. And I have very close family and friends 
friends that were very supportive. I reached out for some external therapy as well. And thankfully, I had the whereabouts to have absolute clarity that I had I had nothing left to give mm. and that pursuing a career and helping people in a different way was the way forward. So mm. I, I worked in a coffee shop for four months, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, I was serving coffee and I was scrubbing floors and cleaning bins. But I had the attitude of I, I'll do what it takes to get yeah. myself into a place of more contentment. Yeah, yeah and that's interesting because it's almost like going into uh, something that you could do without... I'm not saying it's not challenging to work in a coffee shop. Oh, you, know, is, you have your moments. <laughs> uh, but still, you, you don't take work home with you. No. Uh, if you have an encounter with a nasty customer, you've forgotten it by the time that the, the fourth next customer comes yeah. along. Yeah. So you don't live with it. No. Whereas if you're a Garda, you bring it home. Exactly. And you're never off the clock as a Garda. You're like, I mean, you're constantly thinking about things. You have court cases and days off. You're, you might be getting text or phone calls and days off, worrying about cases. Or you've, you know, it, you never get an opportunity really to switch off. Um, and I suppose the coffee shop gave me an opportunity to find confidence and to find fun again and to yeah. to, to become a little happier again. And that's where the opportunity then in, in DKIT came uh, four months later uh, to work as pastoral care coordinator. So I provide emotional support and well-being to students. And it's an area that I love doing and I, I found the right path. So you're happy in your job now. I, I love it now and yeah. big shout out to uh, them all there. Do you, do you think uh, looking at your experience and there are many different personalities mm. in, in people who choose to be members of mm. any profession, but, but the guard the force are some people more immune to the kind of pressure you know they're just gung-ho they go at it they see terrible things they go home and they have their dinner well absolutely i think that's important to point out as you said that everybody has a unique personality in the guards and you know i'm not saying that what i experience everyone will will, will feel it the same way so there is some people that that can i can sure that can manage but i know from leaving myself almost two years ago um there was nobody really leaving at that time. So I didn't really have anybody to reach out to. And I got an abundance of messages and, you know, from people maybe experiencing the same and they felt trapped by the secure pensionable job. Maybe that one job for life, the pensionable job, because that's what everybody kept asking about the pension. Um, But, you know, if it's if that secure job is making you unwell or it's really affecting your happiness, it's it's not worth it. So what would you like to see for not just the Gardaí, but other people who are on the front line, the emergency services? Well, I don't have all the answers, Pat, but I, I certainly love to be at the table of any conversation taking place. But as I said, more day to day well-being and promotion of physical health, the promotion of, of mental fitness, maybe well-being days, you know, because you have annual leave and you have sick days. So maybe well-being days that where, where someone just needs a, a day to take a break, something like that. Um, but more training, more workshops, more education. But I'd certainly love to be a voice at the table of whatever that looks like. Well, uh, I think you'd be a powerful voice at that table, were that table ever to be convened, Mm. uh, and we shall see. Uh, Alan, thank you very much for joining us. That's Alan Conlon, himself a Garda for almost 13 years, but now a life coach and pastoral care coordinator at Dundalk Institute of Technology. Coming up next... The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.